to me, really, that's really what it is. Like my relationship to Judaism in general is like a relationship, meaning sometimes we don't speak to each other. Sometimes we're mad at each other. Sometimes, you know, um, there are things that are complicated. It's a real, it's very alive. Check one, two, one, two. Is this thing working? You're listening to Rabbi Ariel Schollklapper, the wisdom and tools you need to thrive. We're going to do 10 minutes of meditation. We're going to uh, then talk about what brought Mira to this world and hear her story and, and then also give you an opportunity, everybody, an opportunity to keep their practice going um, whether it's in the immediate future, if you're hearing this live, um, or whether it's later when you're watching a recording and you're like, I need to learn with Mira, um, then w- you'll be able to find how to work with her and how to learn with her. So that's the opportunity here today. And I'm excited to welcome you, um, Mira, because I've seen, I've, I've heard you, you've been, your name to, to me a lot of times of, well, you've got to meet her, you've got to meet her, and now we're meeting. So I'm excited for you to lead us in, in practice as well, because I need someone to lead me in practice today, because today's the, one of those days where, you know, it's, it's uh, a lot going on. Mm. So we're always trying to give you a, a skill at the end of this the, that is is not just fluff we want you to always have some kind of opportunity to learn something and if this is something that is helping you and and you resonate with or you recognize someone else might resonate with please share them we're doing this uh for free so this is a way for you to, that's one way you can support us in this work mm. um so thank you uh, in advance for those of you who are uh, viewing. And so uh, I'll invite, uh, I'll, I'll, I want to give a prayer for our time that we, our time together is spent uh, in service of the healing that we need. And the healing... Uh, when I say we, I, I don't just mean me <clears throat> and uh, and Mira, but I mean all of us, all of us who need mm-hmm. who need um, healing, uh, because we are all we are all one in the end of all this. And so, uh, my prayer is that we heal in whatever way we need, and that that can benefit all all of uh, life, wherever it is. Uh, and I'll invite you, Mira, to lead us in a 10-minute practice. And if you're at home, please uh, get yourself comfortable and, uh, and we'll, we'll continue. Thank you, Ariel. Mm, it's good to be here. It's good to connect. It's really good to connect. We're going to connect with ourselves and with each other from within, really from within. And today, um, when you asked me to share like 10 minutes of practice, I thought, you know what, what practice can I offer? And I really thought that one of the 
practices I love the most is so simple and so beautiful and so whole, really, and really transformative. And maybe you, Ariel, and, and you friends who are watching us um, know of this technique of maybe you don't already. Um, and if you don't, I envy you because then you get to discover it tonight. And it's hashkata. It's the quieting technique of the Pizetzna Rebbe. The Rebbe Mipizetzna. Hashkata comes from sheket, right? Quiet. And I actually love the translation in English of quiet. Because quiet is both being silent and also being calm. And that's the first thing. And that's one of the first benefits I think most of us are looking for in meditation. We're looking for quiet. We're looking for space. And as you said very rightly, Ariel, um, before Pesach, we want to find that quiet and that space. You know, I think many of us are already maybe cleaning homes or thinking about, you know, right? And there's going to be this chipazan, there's going to be this uh, haste um, of the Leila Seder, of, of that night, that's going to be this quality. But before that, if we can come with space, really with space, and so that's the first thing that Hashkata does. And um, it's actually a very, when I said whole, I really meant it because actually in Hashkata, you have three different meditation practices. Now, the first one is very close to mindfulness. It's just watching your thoughts. He says, to look at our thoughts. The second phase is um, very close to prayer. And it looks like what you may call a mantra meditation. Um, it's calling what he calls the Machshavacha Chel Kedusha, a thought of holiness and repeating it softly and just explaining now the, the whole technique before we go into it. And the third phase really looks like Musal, like the kind of ethical discipline, because it's really a work on our Midot, on our character traits. And so we're going to do this little cycle over, over these 10 minutes of practice together. So I want to invite you uh, to uh, bring the awareness to the body, to make yourself comfortable, as you said. If you need to adjust the posture, if you need to roll the shoulders up and down, like anything you need to do for the body to really, really relax, come into place. Relaxing the belly. Taking a deep breath in together. Beautiful breath out. For one moment, for one moment, including if you're watching us on Facebook Live right now, to close your eyes, to really connect within, and to take this other beautiful breath in. And this beautiful breath out. To be 100% with your breath right now. really, really centering. When you center, you may uh, notice your heartbeat. You may notice that quiet inside. Or maybe many thoughts coming up and that's fine. There are many thoughts coming up. It just means really that the system really needs a detox. So it's a really good time to meditate. Take 
Taking a moment to ground the body in the chair or the floor. And the moment to feel the spine really stretch towards the sky. You know, in Pesach, in the Leila Seder, like we, we lean, right? The body posture is very meaningful symbolically. And so too, when we meditate, the body posture really matters. Being straight like a tree and grounded. And the earth underneath the floor, connecting to the earth. Right, man is uh, compared to a tree. Even in the plain, in the pshat sense of the Chumash, Kiyadam Etzasadeh, it's a tree. And then the Maharal says that we're actually an inverted tree, that our roots are in the sky. But right now we connect to the ground. A moment of grounding. And the first phase of Hashkata is really doing nothing. When we do Hashkata, we actually don't quiet ourselves. We allow the quiet to happen. And that happens naturally. All we have to do is looking at the thoughts when they come instead of being in them instead of hopping from one thought to the next, like in the train of thoughts, taking a step back. And that step back is our opportunity to ground ourselves really in the stillness, in the space of the nishama, to reconnect to the stillness, the quiet that's already there. One more minute there. Really focusing on the breath as an anchor. Here, taking a deep breath in. And deep breath out. We're going even deeper. This is an accelerated, accelerated hashkata, uh, but we try to just follow that process and go even deeper. Connect to that uh, space within. And from there, connect to whatever for us 
is the divine. It can be through a pasuk, a verse, through a word, giving just examples, you know, shalom, peace, ahava, love, you know, emet, truth. Can be in any language. That's also one of the things about modern Hasidut. Should be the language that comes to you. Now we go in a very different type of meditation, a repetition. Repeating very softly that word or pasuk that for us feels like, like it connects us to God, whatever God means to us. In keeping our anchor, the breath, and we can, for instance, repeat this word on the exhale. Making it a prayer. From there, we go to uh, the third phase of Hashketa, which is working on our midot, our qualities, our character traits. And so maybe today we want to work, can choose, you know, but some typical exercises are working on self-confidence or patience, equanimity. You know, you choose what you want to work with. I'll give an example, and if we have a tendency to be unfocused, right, and dispersed, then what we focus on in not saying I don't want to be unfocused is we focus on the positive quality. In a positive way, as he says. And so, for instance, I'm going to call focus or calm. And for the next uh, few breaths, we're just going to repeat very softly that quality. Really seeing this as a way of watering, just like soft water penetrates the earth so that plants can grow. And because words are so full of energy, especially according to the Jewish tradition, so when we repeat that word very softly, we enable it to really um, become part of uh, our system.
This may be the shortest meditation of your life, but it could also be the most powerful one if you're 100% in there. If you give it all your energy, all your heart, your deepest prayers of transformation. Usually, Hashkata finishes on a nigun. So I'm just going to sing something because I don't have a nigun ready. It's this pasuk that uh, commands us to uh, love our fellow as ourselves, and I just love it. <laughs> Beautiful breath in, beautiful breath out. Thank you. You want to translate that last bit there for all of our uh, English speaking folks? Uh, yeah. Behold. Absolutely. I take upon myself. Mitzvah Tabore, the commandment of my creator. Commandment of my creator. Ve'ahavta l'reacha kamocha. You shall love your fellow like you love. which is just so simple and so challenging and so important to remember ourselves, remind ourselves. This is why Rabbi Akiva says it's the Klal Gadol Torah, it's the biggest principle in the Torah. Just that, just that. Just like start there, right? <laughs> if you could do that one, then <laughs> you're in good shape, right? Like everything yeah. else will probably be fine if you got that one down. Hi. Mira. <laughs> so tell, <laughs> tell us, uh, thank you for that, first of all. Thank you. That was um, Hashkata in a way that I've never, I've, that was such a, you know, it was such a treat. It was such a treat. Because I people think I think for some reason, I'm sorry, I'm gonna destroy the mystery here for everybody. Uh, <laughs> maybe not you, but I'll say for myself. Uh, people think that you know, as teachers of this, that we're like, you know, we must be immune, right? To I don't know, you know, life. But you know, when when uh, you taught today. You pulled me up from a place where I, I was stuck. You know, it's like, 
we all need that. There's no, there's no shame in that. It's like, that's every person by design doesn't matter what the spiritual level, you know, is going to need a a hand to pick them up sometimes, you know, and it's, it's just what it is to be human. Right. So I I appreciate that you did that for me today. And, and I think I hope, hopefully that helps, uh, whoever's watching and listening not feel like this is so far from you it's not we 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 pick each other up mm-hmm. right like it doesn't matter what level we're picking each other up and so that you, you can see what what a what it's like if you allow yourself to be picked up and you just listened and went and did your best i'm betting you feel better now right that's an amazing tool and you'll have this to you for to use for later right uh, you yeah. can go back and listen to it again and hear Mira teach you and, and pick you up if you need to be picked up. So I'm curious, uh, Mira, how'd you get here? Like what's, uh, tell me what this, what, tell me if there was a moment, you know, where, where like it became clear, this is it. I gotta, you know, I, mm. I, this this is the road that I, I can't go a different way. Mm. You know, there's no other way. But so it's this road. So then tell is, was there a moment like that? or And if it was, what was it like? Mm. I think... Um... There is the practice of meditation and then there is the teaching of meditation, right? And there's been a continuum. Um, the practice of meditation, it came, I, 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 I just remember the very beginning, the very beginning, I was 20 and uh, it was actually from Zen because at the time I wasn't exposed to Jewish wisdom. Um, and it was the first time, and, you know, I was like as many young adults really you know, not, not feeling well in my skin and with a lot of suffering. And, and I just opened the pages and it's not just the wisdom and the clarity of the teaching. It was also just the energy coming from the teaching, from the pages. And I just had this realization that, oh, whatever suffering is, is, is in my head, which means it's just my way of relating to the world. And that was really a life-changing thing that really set me off. Uh, onto the path of meditation. That was really the beginning. And from there, um, what brought me to Jewish meditation in particular um, were, was academia, actually. I was studying the phenomenon of the Jewish Buddhists as a sociologist of religion. I was doing my PhD. And so I got to interview a lot of wonderful people and do a lot of retreats and uh, courses and stuff. And um, and then, and then I discovered the wisdom, slowly, slowly, of Torah, and I and I went and got, I fell into Torah study. Um, I like that you said it. fell. I like you say fell. Yeah, just like I feel you fell that in too. love. I felt it. Yeah. That, oh wow! I like that. Wow. Mm. Oh my God, that's so sweet. I've never thought about it like that, and I would describe it so much like that like mm-hmm. you know i think about my wife and i love her right but do i love her now how i loved her 
when we stood under chuppah, you know, at, uh, at our wedding day? No. I love her in such a different and probably more profound way. Mm-hmm. Because there's been so much falling continuously in love and each one of us is becoming something new, right? Mm-hmm. In the process. And I think that it's such a good metaphor for, it seems like you, you're describing that for your, how, you've, how you're developing in, in your own. It's like a falling in love with mm-hmm. this fascination, right? First from a technical perspective, right? You came in probably very smart, right? You said PhD. I think I, th- I heard you say that. So, you, you know, and you're thinking about it and then you're feeling it and now you're, you're doing it. And it's just, there's so much different levels to this. And it doesn't, it seems like it doesn't matter how many t- ways you turn it, there's more faces, right? It's like, yeah. I appreciate yeah, that you telling me telling it like that and that word particularly I love that word it's so uh m- poetic but also uh like really true it feels like really like you're describing exactly the thing it's the perfect word feels like so thank you that's a great way I'll use that I'll say Mira <laughs> reminded me that this is a falling in love practice yeah <laughs> And I think to me, I don't know for you, but to me, really, that's really what it is. Like my relationship to Judaism in general is like a relationship, meaning sometimes we don't speak to each other. Sometimes we're mad at each other. Sometimes, you know, um, there are things that are complicated. It's a real, it's very alive. Yeah. And sometimes it's complicated, right? And sometimes, uh, sometimes it's really hard. And even, I mean, and through pandemic, it has been at times, I think for everybody, hard, no matter what. Um, yeah. And that include I'm including myself in that bucket. Um, and I will also say, though, that at the end of the day, sometimes, I, like even when I really, really feel like low, I always feel okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't have that before this practice. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes me, that's what fires me up. It's like, this is a component of our tradition that has not been so widely known. Yeah. And we have this opportunity because it's, you know, we have this digital age and because of the way that life is turning out to be able to teach so many teach and reach so many more people who don't have to go their whole life without knowing that actually the tool that you you wanted and needed to like stay feeling okay mm-hmm. even through the worst of things and in a relationship right however the relationship is <laughs> mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a, a possibility there that is so nourishing and hopeful and so that's what I think that for me, I mean, if we're sharing, you know, that's what it, it feels like. Uh, mm-hmm. This practice feels very important because of that. So I'm curious, uh, mm-hmm. tell me, tell me wh- when, when you started falling in love with text, I'm assuming you started learning Torah, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you start you where where did you start and what was what what like what lit it lit you up about that you know it's funny before even I was lit up by what I read um I think I always had this intuition that like um Judaism it's like a, it's like a jewel hidden uh, underneath many veils because there's something a bit hard when you're coming from the outside um, and also not so accessible and all our spirituality and all our beautiful things are not necessarily in the chat but always there was this this intuition and I started learning you know the classic way I started learning at Drisha and I learned there and I learned in different places in Paris and then in, in Pardes and Matan um, one thing I remember is this text about Rabbi Akiva you know who started late very late in his life who was a very simple person. And he said he was just looking at water over rocks, right? And he was noticing, you know, we assume, you know, rocks is so much, are so much stronger than water, right? But then he was noticing that it's actually the water that's shaping the rock. It's just a matter of time and consistency. And that's so much like meditation practice to me. And then Rabbi Akiva says, you know, kind of a galvechomer, uh, the water can do that to the rock so much so can Torah do to me yes, that's just one of the pearls that just um, blew my mind heart wow 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 <laughs> that's like uh, you're reminding me when I do dumb things in in uh, martial arts my teacher says you're supposed to be more like water Ariel more like water yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know, but I really wanted to be a rock. <laughs> I wanted to feel that rock to, uh, I don't know, like stability, right? I think that's part of the illusion of all of this is that we can have this stability that, or this like, like we can know everything mm-hmm. or everything there is to, or like we can know all the parameters and you know it's like it's so easy to get caught in all that and and then things like corona come and remind us that no like we don't know we don't rule we don't control and um being fluid is really really important which doesn't mean not having a ground but the ground is not as literal as a rock something much more profound and invisible hmm Yeah. And it's when we get into that space, right? That's where we're trying to, that's where we go on retreat. Oh, yeah. That's what's possible is to be guided by skillful teachers who know the road. They've been there many times. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're there to be there to guide you and to keep you and to take you and, uh, of course, you always have to trust your own senses. You always have to trust your senses. But also, you'll be safe, and uh, and you'll be okay. And and it's a good. It's a. It's probably a good thing for you to experience if you're already like just wanting to do it already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so come and try. And you can always like. What's the worst case? You open your eyes, mm-hmm. right? Like. Like, 
it's just right. It's, it's like you said, it's all, it's a determ. you get to determine your head. Your, it's in your head, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think we, we know that. But if we have that choice, then just like that hashkata practice, you could choose positive, right? You could choose if you wanted to over and over like water to try to condition the state of your mind and to use the tools that our tradition has given to help you do that in a wholesome way. Right. So, and I think that the beauty of this time of the year is that it's so like energized. It just feels, I don't know if you can feel it too, but it just feels like there's some big shift ready to happen. Oh yeah. Right. Mm. In, in a good way. Mm. And, and if it feels like, like there's feels hopeful, right. I think with the rate of vaccinations and with the way, you know, just, Things feel like they're ready. Mm-hmm. And this is such an amazing way. I mean, for me, I'm curious what like re- what retreat is like for you uh, as a teacher. And I, I do want to hear actually what shifted you from learner to teacher and what what's that been like? Because I know that for me, that was a very in- interesting shift because, I mean, I've shared it before, but it's it would so felt so personal. It felt mm-hmm. like this treasure that, you know, you described it as a jewel, you know, mm-hmm. and I felt like I have this treasure and like nobody needs to know, you know, I don't know. I was worried about perception. I'm like, a, I'm a, I've got my mug, my Los Angeles mug. I think there's a perception of like, I don't know, you know, airy fairy or something, you know, like up in the sky kind of, so I didn't want to, I don't know. I don't know who I was fooling anyway, but <laughs> in any case, it was like, it just felt like personal. Mm-hmm. And, and when I started teaching, it took on a whole different thing for me. I'm curious what that was like for you. Cause there, there must've been a transition at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually remember very well the point, the turning point. Um, and it's a bit like the rest. It's really something I, I, fall into like I didn't choose really it just happened and and then when it happened it just felt very natural um it was again my um uh, academic study and I was doing participant observation I was like okay I'm gonna make a test and have people do a meditation see who comes and interview them and stuff and my ex-husband was there at the time and he um he was part of that thing and he said you know you're good you should teach that and then I was learning at Drisha at the time, and one of my teachers, John Kelson, um, they were doing a workshop on prayer, like a series on prayer, and he wanted to have people meditate before prayer. And he knew it was I had a very strong meditation practice, and he was like, you know, can you come and do a series on kavana, like meditation before practice? And I just started, and it just felt really natural, and as like an integral part of my practice, like it just goes together, just really, um, I have to say, very selfishly, um, it's amazing for me, for my practice. I receive so much, I, you know, it, I, I do it yeah. for myself. That's the beauty of it is I do it for myself. I do it for people. I do it as much for them as for me and as much for me as for them. That's the beauty of it, really. Right, isn't that such a beautiful, I tell people I'm the luckiest person in the whole world. 
You don't understand. Mm-hmm. They're like, what do you do? And I'm like, literally, I meditate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, I exchange information with people and I teach them and I help them guide them to a place that they couldn't go themselves. Right. And, and in that exchange, they take me a place that I could never have gone myself. Mm-hmm. Like, how lucky could I be? How lucky could I be that that's what, that, that's, that that's what I do? So I feel lucky too. Uh, wow, thank you. I want to honor our time. I want to respect the time. I know that uh, we got started a little late and I do want to continue our conversation, but I also know it's very late for you. Um, and so I want to give you an opportunity. I want people to have an opportunity to connect with you if they want to continue learning with you. We've got this upcoming retreat, which is posted in, if you're watching on Facebook Live, then it's there right now over the next few days. And that's like, you, you know, get it, get your, get, get in now, you know, make a decision that you're going to, you know, don't think too much. That would be my advice. When I go to retreat, sometimes it's good to not think too sometimes, much. Sometimes, you know, if you're feeling it's right, just go click yes. And then just show up and then mm-hmm. keep showing up and then keep showing up and let the water run over the rock because <laughs> it's a matter of time and just get the, get the timer going. Um, but I want to, so please share with us. And then we'll yeah. round out with a prayer and uh, we'll wrap That's up okay. if you want to, if you want to do a prayer to wrap us up. So I'm very excited about this retreat. Um, you mentioned it that, you know, the more we prepare for something, the more energy suddenly we uh, receive when that happens. And to me, Pesach is such an important, right? A holiday. It's like our rebirth. It's really a new birth. Um, and this is a time that I personally, I need to prepare. I need, I need time to prepare for Pesach spiritually, right? And so Or Halev, uh, this wonderful organization I, 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 I teach with, they're doing every year like a pre-Pesach retreat. And it's a second, I think it's the second year in a row that it's online. Um, and I actually did just write an article about online retreat because I used to be very skeptical about it. And I actually do think now that it's actually amazing because it's it's actually advanced practice. Like that's what that's where practice wants to go is for you to be able to meditate from your home, from the middle of your life with laundry, food, you know, wife, kids, work, you know. Um, and that's the opportunity of this retreat is like some people take it full time, some people take it part time, you know, each the way they can, but like to really give yourselves like a few day for a more intensive practice and preparation for Pesach and learning with wonderful rabbis and teachers. Like we're a team of four people. We're all different. We're all coming from different like um, angles and, and things to share. And um, it's going to be really beautiful. I'm actually excited. Yeah. I And I can say that, um, yeah, Or Halev is like an incredible organization. And I'll, of course, I, that's why I'm here is to endorse and to push and to continue to uh hopefully support its mission and core values and um, i'm glad to meet you do you want to um if people want to connect with you we're going to put some links down below Mm -hmm. and um and hopefully you sign up for the retreat we're going to put the link for that in there as well and uh let's let's end with a prayer please uh would you like to do that or do you like me to take that Whatever you like, really, you tell me. Uh, well, I, need, I want to hear you. I get to hear me all the time. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's actually a prayer. It's actually um, 
Odaya. It's actually uh, gratefulness. And it's the first words that we say in the morning. Hmm. And we say, Modani, Modani, grateful I am. But it's also like I, I acknowledge, you know, Dani Lefanecha, Modani Lefanecha, before you, Melech Chai Vikayam, God, King, alive, alive, and existing and eternal. Because you brought back to me my soul, my breast, with compassion. Great is your faith. And uh, just to take a moment to receive that faith of God slash life in us. Can you imagine if every morning we really, really, really connected to the meaning of these words and we're like, just plugging ourselves to the faith of God in us. I have like a breast lift sticker in my fridge and it says, good morning, this is God. I'm taking care of everything today. You do not need to do anything. Enjoy and have a good day. <laughs> and there is something, want, you know. I want one of those. How do we get that? It's a great reminder that, you know, yes, before I like on the surface of things, I'm active, you're active, we're doing things. But if we do them from a deep place of like, wow, I'm being, I'm being carried and held and, you know, transported by, by this emunah of God in me, by this faith of God in me. Amen. Thank you. What a blessing to, uh, this the the reason that I do this project is because I kn I know th what people don't yet know, which is that there is such a deep well of wisdom here for everyone. <laughs> you know, uh, of all of these incredible souls and teachers and people who are filling this world with more good. And uh, I want more good in the world. So I'm trying to help people find people that will help them deepen their good and so that they can connect with each other um, and know that they're not alone. Um, so thank you for uh, giving us your time. Thank you for teaching this and gifting this to the, yourself <laughs> and to others and to others and to yourself and to this world and thank you for uh thank you i appreciate you so much and um we'll hope to hear from you again soon so thanks so much thank you ariel thank you to stay updated on new episodes subscribe on itunes or follow on facebook.com slash rabbi shulk that's rabbi shulk r-a-b-b-i S-H-O-L-K. Hey, so if you're really serious about this, come on down to ravariel.com. That's www.ravariel.com. Take our free trial, do the self-learn path, or try group coaching, or even come apply to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. And you'll give yourself the accountability and the support and the step-by-step -step path that you need to feel calmer, more mindful, and happier with your life. So come on down, www.raviel.com. See you there.